is my aesthetic branding marketing entrepreneurship you're listening to the kiss my aesthetic podcast i'm your host michelle winterstein of mkw creative co where we build brag worthy brands through visual identity design and social media you're in the right spot for branding marketing and entrepreneurship advice so enjoy the episode Greetings and welcome back to episode number 97 of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I can't wait for you guys to meet today's guest. We have Shadow of Tyla Skincare. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm really excited to be here and a little nervous. So um... you're going to kill it. This is your first time on a podcast, right? Yes, that's right. Oh my gosh. No, we're going to have a great time. It's really just a way for us to get to know you, get to know your business, chit chat about branding and marketing and entrepreneurship, of course. Um, But for anyone who doesn't know who you are yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do, who you help and how you help them? Basically your mission statement rolled into one blurb. All right. It's a big one. So I'll start off by, I'm Shadow Punapuza. Uh, I am the founder and the formulator of Tyla Skincare, which is an all-natural skincare line that's rooted in the botanical science of Ayurveda. And for those who don't know what Ayurveda is, it's a comprehensive holistic healthcare science that originated in India over 5,000 years ago and believes in the healing powers of nature. Personally, I come from a background, um, an agricultural family in Kerala who's had it in their family for since the 1700s. My father has a background in botany, which played a huge role in my affinity to Ayurveda. And just to give you a background, I grew up with Ayurveda in my daily life because of my parents' heritage. I was born in New York, but lived in India for a number of years, and I spent a lot of my summers in, in Kerala with my father and my brother and my sister. And I was on plantations and farms and I would just wander around with my dad and he would really go into all the details. Um, we had an Ayurvedic garden. He would, he would you know, go through all of the botanicals there and explain all that to me. So basically Ayurveda is part of my DNA. What I do now What don't I do, right, as a small business owner? In Ayurveda, the process is just as important as the ingredients. Integrity equals quality, and that's everything. It affects the potency and the results, which is why it was so important to me that we manufacture everything in-house and not outsource it to a third-party lab. I personally oversee every step of the process. I source the ingredients from sustainable farms that employ natural and healthy farming practices. And then we make all the formulations in-house from start to finish. And we make sure that we're following the guidelines of Ayurveda, which is a very time-intensive and complex process. I mean, one of the ingredients can take anywhere from three to seven days to extract the full nutrition. And that's just one ingredient in one product. So imagine, you know, just to give you an idea and manufacturing in-house may not be like the most fastest or cost effective way, but it leads to the highest quality of skincare that's out there. And I really believe that's what makes our products unique and effective. Were you always passionate about skincare or was this something that kind of came to you over time? Um. I, I did always was attracted to skincare and okay. um, 
my mother would have all of these um, Indian rituals. Like she would go to India and then come back with a suitcase of like sandalwood and, 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 and a rock from India, which I don't know why, but she said that the rock helps has like minerals that'll help um, when you grind the sand, the sandalwood on it with turmeric. She's like, it's good for the skin. And I was like, okay, mom, like it was, I was embarrassed. Right. Cause when you go through customs, like rocks and like wood, um, but rocks and sticks. <laughs> I, I know. Right. So, um, it was, it was, I guess it was always a part of that. And then, you know, it just growing up here, you're always attracted to all of these like beauty products too. But I guess in a way, yes. And always nature was always part of it. Yeah. Yeah. What year did you officially start? Tyler Skincare and how did you come up with kind of the concept of the business? That was we did a soft launch in 2018 and that took like about, you know, cuz we were still formulating the products and bringing it onto market um and also kind of figuring out the infrastructure of a business yeah. because you have no clue which what you're doing actually. And then I think it was more like towards 2020 that we did like a final, you know, push and like started really growing out. It's so cool. It's also, there's so many layers to doing that kind of business, right? I think I get to interview a lot of service-based entrepreneurs on the podcast who kind of realized that they had a skill and then just started offering it to people. Like that's very much how I started my business, just doing graphic design that way. But I think when you have a product-based business, like this is years in the making, right? Because oh, yeah. you're talking formulations and packaging and systems. And talk us through kind of what some of those like beginning learning stages were that you felt like, no, I'm going to do this. So that's going to be a scary thing to take on. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was in finance for 15 years before, in, in New York okay. City before I started all of this. And all of a sudden, I just started experiencing um, in my early 30s, like eczema, cystic acne, hives, things like I've never had before. And I didn't know what was going on, but it ended up being that I had an allergic reaction to the synthetic ingredients that was in my skincare. Wow. And, and, it, and it happens a lot, especially in our age group, because we're we're introduced to like a lot of adult onset allergies do take place because of all of the synthetic ingredients and it takes time to basically build up. So anyway, at this point I was so afraid to try anything on the market because I wasn't really good at reading um the ingredient listing. So I call my father, you know, the back, botany yeah. background. The man makes his own coconut oil, you know, makes his own oh honey, <laughs> his geese. Um, he made like it's just like he's growing papaya. I don't know, like he's like amazing, and he combines like different um, plants together. It's like it's kind of crazy, but he love he loves it, and that's just who I was around all the time, right? So I call him, and I'm like, oh, so what? This is what's going on. I need help. Um, is there anything Ayurvedic that you can we can use to like heal this? So he walked me through the process and we, you know, tried to find all the ingredients. And then I started making a concoction, which is really the start of the face oil, the prana face oil. Okay. So now I'm in complete awe because I didn't think that natural ingredients could be that effective, even though I grew up with it and I've seen it uh-huh. and I'm, but yet I'm somehow shocked. Right. Right. Because I didn't, I didn't really think about it in perspective of beauty right? You're mm. always thinking about nature, healthy, holistic, eating, all of that. But that 
beauty is always like not exactly thought of a hundred, you know, natural and potent in, you know, especially growing up in America. Right. Um, So fast forward, I travel through India, I go through all of India and then I end up back in Kerala where my parents are from and that's where my heritage is and where they have one of the largest Ayurvedic colleges there. And we sit down with um, Ayurvedic dermatologists and then I actually went and studied with, um, so they call Ayurvedic doctors Vaidyans. And I sat down with someone that actually creates like a pharmacist, right? That creates yeah. medicine and all of that. And I sat down, saw it, like, would see how he makes the extracts. I mean, these, this one extract takes for days and like what temperature, because Ayurveda actually lays all of that out. Like what ratio, wow. how much heat, what kind of metal, what metal reacts with that, what ingredients can react with, you know, reacts with each other. So like you, it's actual like pharmacy, like, you know, it's science, right? Pharmacy. Yeah. yeah. And before you know it, I decided to create Tyla and that's where it all happened. Where it all came from. Yep. That's so cool. It's so cool to also have something to relate to your parent about, like to be able to pull them in, in their area, their zone of genius. I love that you got to work with your dad on that. I know. And growing up, you, I hated it when my mom used to put oil in my hair. <laughs> I was like, mom, nobody else does it. Me and my sister would have to sit down and she would like sit there and massage our head with oil. And I'm like, great. Like, you know, and, and all of these things were always a part of the practice. Like, if we had a cough, we had to like, we'd bite on like black pepper or like dried ginger or like boil it or, and, and like all these concoctions, like you just don't appreciate when you're younger. And then now all of a sudden I hate saying it later. They're like, Oh, you were right. Uh dad." Like, you know, (laughs) so. Uh Well, and it also feels like Western culture woke up to these ideas. Like it used to be very like hippy dippy woo woo. And you're in New York, I'm in California. So like that, I feel like there was always kind of that edge Right. Those, a little bit more progressive, yes. Yeah, more progressive and alternative and kind of, um, it was just kind of this, I feel like it's only been within the last five, six years mm-hmm. that people have embraced like natural beauty and sustainability and like using ethical products and ethical practices. Yeah. <laughs> like it's wild that, you know, for decades, like this wasn't even part of the conversation. So how do you feel that Tyla kind of hits on all of those because I was kind of scrolling through your website and your socials, of course, and and really seeing how much that the quality, like you talked about, the quality and the integrity of the ingredients and the process is so much the core of what you have to offer. So talk about that maybe in the context of like what has existed in the industry. Like what have you learned about skincare since being in the skincare business? Besides the fact that like, of course, natural is important. Of course, sustainable is important and ethical and all these things. Um, but have you like learned things about the way the bigger cosmetic companies have created products that you're like, dang, if everyone just knew this, yes. the light bulb would go off. Yes. Um, there's a lot of that. I mean, even if we go back to the concept of yoga, right? Ayurveda and yoga totally. are sister sciences. How long has yoga taken to really have a strong foothold in in the US, right? It's, it's really yeah. maybe like in the last... 10 years or 15 years or so that it's more mainstream and now it's everywhere. There's not a place about it. So it's the same concept with Ayurveda, which has been there since the beginning of time. We say 5,000 years, but we don't know because that's, that's the only place where the texts have actually, you know, we've have documentation, but this goes beyond that. So 
I think, especially now, going back to the beauty industry, I feel that right now, everything is about the next quick fix or beauty trend with mm-hmm. like, what's the focus on new innovation? And if you really think about it, a lot of the synthetic ingredients on the market today is what nature provides, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean you're basically mimicking or like emulating what it provides, except you're trying to make more of it. Right. But when you try to do that, you, you lose the essence of the actual ingredient or, or for example, so one thing in Ayurveda is you take a whole plant, right? Whenever you're making ingredients, you take the roots, you take the leaves, you take the seeds and you put that and all of that in order for it to function has to speak to each other. Right. Mm. And that's what creates Mm -hmm. it to be dynamic and be able to sustain on earth or, or on a sidewalk or whatever. Right. Um, whereas a lot of the time synthetic ingredients don't take a whole plant or they'll try to take like a, or try to make something that looks like maybe just a seed. And they're like, oh yeah. And this has omega 36 and nine, and I'm just going to make that, you know, so it, it kind of loses that, that potency. It's also, it's all about being an attempt to being quicker and cheaper and increasing the yeah. bottom line, right? Being able to be manufacturing all this. So, but synthetic ingredients lack the intelligence that natural botanicals intuitively deliver because they're dynamic, like I was saying. And the science of Ayurveda has actually recognized this all along, knowing that mother nature provides every, all the nourishment that we need. So when it comes to beauty, you have to take a holistic approach to it, to total beauty. Because remember, these beauty rituals are an age old practice that has withstood the test of time. And it has been proven and now researched to be effective. Right. It's so interesting because it's, it's, I'm personally interested in it in the beauty healthcare kind of blend. A lot of my clients are in that space. Of course, we got connected through Same Skin, which is not a skincare company, no. even though people get it confused. I know. <laughs> um, but, but talk to us about how you know Michelle and how you know the Same Skin brand because you're one of the spotlighted businesses, one of the very first ones to be spotlighted on the website. So Michelle had reached out to me to highlight me on Same Skin, and I love that she's always showcasing strong female founders, and automatically, we just connected after that. It was just a natural connection, and she's been great. She's also purchased her products and is always singing you know, praises about us from the rooftop. So it's just been great, and, I, and she's just like a natural-born connector with like a very, totally. very meaningful mission. And it's just like, it's just very genuine and authentic, which is what I love about her. And you know, Michelle, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need not say more. <laughs> totally. We had her on the podcast at the beginning of this season and it was so wonderful, but I've been able to interview a few other um, business owners that have been spotlighted through Same Skin. And, and of course, we're going to share this, these video clips and audio podcasts um, on the Same Skin account as well. And I think the theme of it and the reason I'm so attracted to it as a business is that it brings a visibility to there's, there was kind of this girl boss movement, right. Of like 2017 of like girl boss, sparkly pink, like yeah. pink blazer, power suit, blah, blah, which as a white blonde woman, like I definitely felt like entrepreneur Barbie, like this is, that was kind of the vibe, but it's not till I think we came on the other side of that, that we realized how not inclusive that was. Yeah. And it just really painted the picture of like one type of business owner. And so, so much of the projects that I take on now and that we work on with our team, like I love a project like Same Skin 
because this is an opportunity for me also to contribute with my skills and support a business that I believe in. And I believe in that kind of visibility and transparency and uplifting all kinds of business owners, regardless of where you come from, what you look like, your orientation, any of that, because that's that's so much my ethos. So I feel so honored that Michelle trusted us with that project because I think there is space to do both. And in my conversations with Michelle, she cracks me up because she's like, she had told me that the idea of same skin really came from a lot of her white friends asking her, how do I support women of color businesses? <laughs> and she's like, well, you can put your money where your mouth is. Here you go. <laughs> like kind of like curated this list. And I was like, I love that you did that. But I think there's there's been every person that I've met through Same Skin has been incredible. And also it just opens your eyes to so many so many more things to learn from people. Yeah. And I think it's really dangerous to get like siloed into a bunch of people of similar culture or background. I'm a big traveler. I've been to over 50 countries, like, and I learned so much yeah. from going to other places. It makes the world smaller by traveling. It really totally, yeah. totally. And when you were saying the story about your mom, like putting the oil in your hair, I went to Bali oh, and there was Bali. a, yeah. uh, oh my gosh, obsessed. There was a spa treatment that was a like hot oil scalp massage. And it was like my favorite thing. <laughs> it's see, that's all based off of Ayurveda, actually, because um, Bali it, initially it's a lot of South Indians that actually transplanted. Yeah. So even you know the way they do the offerings and the temples and everything's very similar to like how Kerala looks. Um, okay. Yeah. India is so high on my list. It's really, I really need to visit. I really want Michelle to host like a retreat. That's a plug. Oh, go- and she's from <laughs> Goa. Oh her. my gosh. Yes. That yes. is beautiful. It, it is. Yeah. Go Goa is gorgeous. But I think when I went to Bali and you've been to Bali, yeah? Yes, I have. Yeah. Did you notice the striking difference between like Instagram Bali versus Bali Bali? Yes, of course. Um, Isn't that kind of wild? It is, and I, and I feel like it was like more towards like Semenyak instead of like Ubud and mm-hmm. all that. So mm-hmm. that was interesting. Yeah, I was in I was in Chengdu, and it was very like you could. The funniest one to me is the famous picture that everybody takes in Bali, where it's like the two columns that looks like it's over a lake. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you'll you'll know it immediately when I send it to you. But basically, it's this photo op of it's like a gate. And you stand in the middle and then you get the reflection in the wa- what looks like water in front of this gate. And the funniest thing is, is like, it's a mirror and a guy that holds the mirror under your iPhone like this. No. So it's not even water. And all these people, like hundreds That's of probably- thousands of people have now gone to take this specific photo. And there's no, it's actually totally fictitious. Well, my husband hates taking pictures, so that worked out for us. <laughs> so. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But I think that we see that in the beauty industry as well, right? And with e-commerce and products, like there was a viral TikTok going around even last week of this girl who's like pretend injecting her face and being like that one celebrity's makeup routine. And then she like gets out her concealer and it's like, boop, like one dot. It's like her makeup routine. Okay. But it's really like only an after effect of her having her like face totally done up, right? So what's, as Tyla Skincare is really focused on integrity of ingredients, like we talked about quality, transparency, how do you approach your own marketing considering that like the beauty industry can be really fraught with this like fraudulent vibe? Do you get that energy from skincare? Um, Yeah, totally. Right. I mean, especially with a lot of the influencers and everything that's out there. It's so it's tricky, right? Because 
you have to really vet people. And yeah. and it's also you want to keep true to your brand identity. Like I I didn't leave finance. I was established, you know. I'm I was going on my way to be a CFO. Um I I basically jumped out of a plane without, you know, without anything. So it it was a big risk for me, but that was because I was passionate about what I'm going to do and if I'm going to do this, it's not for the money. It's because I really want to share um, Ayurveda and the beauty rituals with you because I think Ayurveda doesn't always synonymously go with beauty. And, you know, going back to what you're saying about all of these people that are there and not 100% authentic, it's we've been trying to create a community and like it, it's it's a relationship, right? And it's an ongoing relationship. Right. And we usually gift to them. And then when they try it out, then they come back to us and they're like, oh my God, I haven't right. tried anything like this before. And this is amazing. My skin has changed overnight. Or like, look at this. Like I put the mask on and it's and it's gone. So, and we've been trying to like, I guess, have conversations more with micro-influencers who have more of an authentic following, whereas a lot of the larger influencers are getting paid to do a lot of these things. So like every every brand that they put out there. But I also feel with every, you know, as this whole influencer market has grown and grown, I think people start are starting to be able to filter out and understand like what's authentic and what's not. Cause it's it starts to become, you know, you know it, right? It's like the photo, right? Like (laughs) totally, totally. There's something I've been dying to tell you about, and it's something that I'm keeping on the hush-hush. So like, don't tell everybody, okay? One of the things I notice with our brand design clients is that they go through the brand design process and they get all their new logos, fonts, colors, patterns, icons, everything. And then they're not totally sure how they're supposed to be using them on social media. Enter the one-on-one Kiss My Assets Canva Sprint Day. I know that's a mouthful. Stay with me. Basically, this is a three-hour session with me that is part assets, part strategy, part clarity, and low-key Canva training on how to use all of your brand elements together to make templates that you can then DIY for your biz. So think post templates, stories, graphics, email graphics, anything that you are going to be making on a regular basis on behalf of your business, we can create them together in a three-hour sprint inside your Canva account. You can walk away with those templates right at the end of the session and put them straight to use. These can be booked on my website. There are only a limited number of spots per month to book the one-on-one day. And the link that you're going to want to look for is mkwcreative.co slash kissmyassets. That's mkwcreative.co slash kiss, K-I-S-S, my assets, A-S-S-E-T-S. Get it? Like social assets. Kiss my ass. You know, we're being funny. We're a little cheeky. Uh, but the plan here is to really create as much content for you as we possibly can so that you can go out there and DIY your brand in the best bragworthy version of what you envision for your business and really kind of get those clients rolling in. Check that out. Book it online. You can book it anytime. There are a limited number of spots per month. So if I were you, I'd get on it sooner rather than later. Back to the episode. 
I think with the consumer is getting smarter. Yeah. And I think that the consumer, it, it's our responsibility to be smart about what we consume. And like the great irony of people being upset at Kylie Jenner for like flying all around on her private jet, but then they'll still buy her lip kits. It's like, well, you just paid guys, for her private jet. Yeah. You just paid for the private chat. So like, let's put these, let's put these, these dominoes in order. Right. But I think when it comes to marketing, micro influencers is definitely the way to go. Um, At least that's what we're talking about with our clients, because it's this whole double-edged sword of like, yeah, at the end of the day, if the goal is to sell product, like you go to the specialized person that's good at selling the product, right? Like influencers are nothing more for brands than like sales reps. Right. Um, and, and going through and putting together a convincing campaign and creating the story and doing all those things. Um, but there is something that feels more, more organic to use like kind of a play on words of like working with someone who's not at this crazy high level of being compelled to, or being asked to promote a product that maybe they don't even have that strong of a tie with or, or that they promote so many products that it's just like, yeah, be overwhelming. And then you're just like, she just told me that yesterday was the best face oil she ever used. And then today right. she's like, but this is the best face oil I've ever used, you know? Right. So how Which gets you... really confusing. Right. But then there's no ads anymore. That's the thing. Influencers yeah. are the new marketing, right? It's the new ad. Yeah. So like people want to see other people using it. And it's like celebrity ads aren't doing, they don't have as much anymore either. So marketing is very tricky in this in this um, scenario and, and skincare is saturated, right? There is yeah. left and right. Uh, there's skincare, everyone's starting a new one and it's, it's hard, but it's about knowing what your brand message is and, you know, explaining what your, what your differentiating factor is. You know, sometimes you're not a hit with everybody too. Right. And that's okay. True. Because maybe my skincare does not work for your skin or like whoever it is. And that's completely okay. But understand that and be okay with that and and just continue to keep true. Because... Yeah, yeah. Let's dive into that. Can you walk us through the different products that you do offer? Because there's some really interesting ones. We talked about the face oil already. But which which kind of came first in the order? Did you know that you wanted this many products from the get go? Or was it kind of been like, oh, I really like want to perfect this one and then roll it out and then move over here and roll this one out. Talk us through that journey a little bit. So when I started the business, I wanted to basically create a foundation of for the skincare routine. Um, it was about creating um, a skincare routine with that with like, what what your necessities are right and not like i don't have the patience all right or or yeah. or the time um to put together like a whole large skincare routine i'm a mom i have two boys you know and then i'm running a business and i don't really you know i don't get to sleep as much as i'd like to so like the last thing you go to bed you're like okay 10 step routine and that's just not going to happen and i know that um right and you don't need 10 steps if you have the right products you know? Right. So for me, it was all about creating multitasking products um, that are effective. So you don't have to have like the 10 step program. So first was the baby was the prana face oil that was created. And that has a lot of Ayurvedic ingredients into it. It has neem, it has thalassi, it has sandalwood, not from my mom's suitcase though, but um, (laughs) um, there there's, um, rose hip seed oil. There's a lot of ingredients that are in there that are very effective and um, optimize skin's function. And so that was 
that is like the holy grail for me. Um, if I was on stranded on an island, I can't live without that. That's the one. That's the one. And so I started with a botanical cleanser and for a routine, and that has turmeric and papaya. And in Ayurveda, plant seed oil is is really well respected because it it is dynamic and it works best with your skin sebum. Um, so the oil cleanser is really good because it doesn't disrupt your the skin barrier function. And so you start with that. I recommend using the illuminating toning mist, which is dolce and rose. Dolce is really good because it helps with impurities and it's an antioxidant. In fact, um, in India, most houses in front of um, when you're walking through, there's always like a, how do you say this? Um, It's almost like um, a pedestal that has dolce in it because it has um, immunity, increasing ability. It's high in antioxidants. So you almost walk by it every single day. I've got to imagine that these products smell amazing. Yes. And that was one thing that was like really important to me also, because I wanted to make sure that all of the, so Ayurveda doesn't smell that great. Okay. 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 <laughs> originally, no, originally. So sure, 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 sure. Um, it's like a lot of very earthy, woody, sometimes weird smells. And that's what I grew up with. And I did not like that. And I was like, I'm not that that doesn't work for the modern individual, you know. Market, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. you know, Ayurveda has been ever changing. So I'm like, this needs to change because I was like, even like some of the face masks, it's like before you wash your face, and it's like the whole sink is like black. Like you can't. Yes. Nobody wants that. So right. I really wanted right. to modernize it, and I actually took um, botanical perfumery classes to wow. to learn about the different essential oils and how they work together and how they smell and. And that was really important to me because I think sensory is a huge part of, it's part of healing, it's part of skincare, it's, you know, and it's part of your ritual, right? And so that was something that I did definitely think about in all of designing all of our products. So as you put them on, there is this, these aromas that do come to you and that's almost part of like, that's a calming or, or um, invigorating or, you know, each product has its own. Totally. Totally. So now we've got the face oil, the cleanser, the illuminating mist. Yes. Then you also have a mask and an eye balm. Talk to us about those two. Okay. So we have the Nayana revitalizing eye balm. Each each of the products have a Sanskrit word that is directly correlated with it. And the revitalizing eye balm is an oil to balm. I mean, bomb to oil mixture. And what that has is a, has manjushta and brahmi, which is really great because it helps to strengthen this delicate skin area. And then it also helps with like puffiness and any dark circles too. And I mean, you can also use it as a lip balm. It's an expensive lip balm, but mm. it is great for like yeah. <laughs> winter months when your lips are like completely chapped. And um, it's, it's a, a night treatment. And then we have the... Nava Jungle Detoxifying Jungle Mask. And this has been one of our best sellers because cool. it's easy to pick up a mask, right? And try something of course. Um, before converting to like a new brand. So the Jungle Mask is, is something you use like maybe two to three times a week. And it has cumin, it has um, cloves, turmeric, sage, and it smells like very... I would say earthy, but not like in a dirt way. Um, it's, right. It smells like more like herbs and everything. Um, but it, it's one of those things that you use once and you'll see the results right away, like right after you wash Ooh. your face. And I think that's why it's one of our best sellers. 
Yeah, no, this is really exciting. I mean, it just, it also feels like the way that you've positioned the brand is that it feels like, like a treat to yourself. Yes. Would you say that that resonates? Like, I feel like the packaging is really luxe. The photography um, feels high end and just feels like you've got these great ingredients, the wonderful smells. Like we're creating a little bit of a brand story, like a moment, like there's a, a sense of peace, but also like a sense of like, it just feels like decadent in a way that's not overly sweet. It's just like savory decadence. It's like how I would kind of describe it just by looking at it, which is so cool that you can communicate all those things through, through the brand. Talk to us a little bit about like how you thought you wanted the the packaging because you could have gone way more towards the Ayurvedic look yeah. and you kept things pretty sleek. Yes. And I love how you actually picked up on almost all of the points about what we were trying to accomplish, which is really nice um, because that means we did our job, right? Yeah. The packaging, it was really important to me because I wanted something beautiful. Um, What actually inspired that was finance. Being around people that were looking for more, like one of my last and life-changing jobs was at um, Related. And there was a lot of people that was really into natural ingredients. They were looking for like products that were natural, but there was nothing out there because the packaging was not pretty. And these guys have like billion dollar offices and and apartments that are really on the Upper West Side as beautiful. And how do they put that, you know, on, on their bathroom, right? Right. And then that was a lot of the inspiration came from that. And it was also, I wanted to keep it sleek because I wanted people to pick it up and not really know that it's Ayurvedic, right? I wanted them to yeah. to be attracted to this this packaging and then be like, I want to learn more. Because I also felt that, like you said, like that I didn't want that hippie granola vibe. Right. Right. That was really important to me. And this way, if they are more interested in it, then they can they can learn more. Yeah. I think that's a great way to think about your branding too, because I, a lot of times at least clients that I work with on the logo design and social media marketing side, like they are drawn to the most obvious answer. And I think what you've done in a really smart way is taken the two different looks, feels, the more like granola, natural side, but then mix it with this high-end lux that then creates its own, you've created your own space for yourself. So I would challenge a lot of my clients as well as like, where is there space for you to take one thing that is maybe predictable or or expected in your industry or in your niche and then kind of flip it on its head and come up with something else because that does really allow you your own margin to kind of like grow and play and exist would you agree with that yeah i mean even even picking the name um yeah tile is directly correlated to sanskrit for ayurveda right and it means divine healthy preparations and a lot of like the ayurvedic medicines and oils you know prepar- the remedies and everything are called dilums and it was important to me to pick like something so obvious yeah but connect it to the brand because i'm like that's the dna so right um, right oh my gosh i love it question for you if you could go back to the beginning of your experience starting tyla what's something that you would have told yourself what's advice that you would have given yourself in the beginning that's a loaded question because there's like so many (laughs) so many things i could talk about um one of the things if i was to go back um take everyone's opinion with a grain of salt 
Yes, that's such a good lesson. Because everyone has an opinion and mm-hmm. you're the one who's creating something, right? This passion is coming from you and you know where you need to go. So yes, you need to, it is important to hear everybody's opinion because without, sometimes there things that are obvious to them might not be obvious to you. Um, so there's that. And another thing I would probably say is once you start a new business, there's everyone that reaches out to you that has a business that needs to share their expertise and, you know, obviously with a price. And with this, I think it's really important to learn, meaning learn what they're doing before. So you have an idea. So that way no one's just bamboozling you. Right. Yes. So for example, if, if, I don't know, like you're doing marketing or something like that and you have people doing ads Understand what the content is. Ask ask them what it is. What kind of copy are they writing? Who is their audience when they're pitching this on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest or whatever the case is? Understand like they're in line with what you're doing and 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 just go in. Don't could fiddle around with all this and just maybe take some time to learn about all this because totally. So no one can bullshit you. And I know it's very time consuming, right? And and sometimes I'm like sitting there for like days on end just to understand it. But that has been the best cost saving way because now I understand and no one I can just like filter through people like left and right and be like, nope, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just talking a big game. Or I've I've learned more that maybe I know I can just do it myself, you know? Because totally because if you can start a business, you can do you can basically learn anything, you know? Except yeah, surgery and stuff like that. I, you know, that's <laughs> right, 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 right. No, there's kind of this tipping point. I think it sounds really similar to the way that I've started my business. Is like I prided myself on being solopreneur for like six years before I brought on any help because like oh, I'm gonna do it all myself. And it's a thing. Well, of, that's, yeah, I know I can teach it to myself. And I also now because information is so available education is so available, right? Like you can pretty much learn how to do anything on YouTube for free if you have the right search terms. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of that I'm hungry for that kind of knowledge. I'm curious enough for that kind of knowledge. And then you kind of hit this tipping point of like, now that I've done it, I now know how to ask for help because right. I've done it. Right. And then you get this, you get your own sense of confidence about it because when you do take the time to learn how to set up a Shopify page, you're not going to hire somebody who's like you said, going to bamboozle you because you're like, no, I know how I want this to look because I've built this before. And now I can go to a specialist who is even better than me. Right. That's the goal. But that's what you need, right? You, that's what's going to empower you. Not absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like that's a very important part to it. And yeah, learning kind of from the ground the ground up with boots on the ground. I like that that way of business also. Because I think a lot of people get stuck, especially new entrepreneurs or people who are kind of like novice in their their offerings or something like they can get really easily swindled to say like mm-hmm. you have to have a logo, you have to have a full branding, you have to have the most perfect website, you have to have the most perfect packaging or whatever just to launch and a lot of them turn into like failure to launch projects because they get so bogged down by feeling like they have to have all these ducks in a row and it's expensive. just to be able to start. It's so, so expensive. expensive. And and I've I've made a lot of mistakes, which is why I could tell you this right now, right? Yeah. Um, where yeah. you are because they sell you a hope and they'll talk a lot about how this is gonna help you and you not knowing any better, you're like, oh maybe he is right or maybe she is right. right. You know? And you're like, right. I need that. I need that now, you know? And then now. like you you sign up for it and like 
I don't know, like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars later, you're like, oh, I could have used that money for something else, like inventory or something, yep. right? And and you're, we're gonna always make these mistakes, right? Um, and that's okay, but yeah, that's yeah, but cool. hopefully you learn them fast, yes. and hopefully you learn them. I won't do learn- them again. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You learn quickly. I love that. Uh, what's something in your business that you think you're particularly great at, and what's something you'd like to be better at? I really believe your team is what gives you your strength and power. Um, totally. And I think it's really important to connect with each of your team members individually and understand what their strengths and weaknesses are and then help nurture that. Um, because I think that's more valuable than anything. It also gives them freedom and voice. And it kind of, it empowers them too, right? Because now they understand that I trust them enough to have responsibility and be able to share what their, what their thoughts are. And, and I think it's just, I've always thought that way. I've always, that has always been my management style. And I always take the time to actually listen to opinions. It doesn't matter across the board because sometimes like you're just in your own head, right? And you're just doing this day in and day out and just hearing like a perspective from someone else can, can actually be really helpful. And I always encourage that. Yeah. That's a really good lesson. I agree with you completely because I think too, sometimes as entrepreneurs, as like founders of a business, we forget that people can't read our mind. Yeah. I'm sure my whole team could tell you this. And so I feel like, oh yeah, because I've rehearsed this 40 times in my mind already, there's no way I can possibly like extract everything here and just like plug it in like a cassette tape into somebody else's brain, right? Like there still has to be that communication from what's going on here into what's actually translatable to be able to execute on. And that I think has really challenged me in the last two years as, as I work with my team too, is like making sure that, that I'm not only being thorough, but you're leaving enough margin for those people to bring the, the best ideas to the table. Right. So it has to be like a dance. It's a balance. It is a balance. And it's not always easy, right? Because you're like, you're in the right. middle of everything that's going on and you're like, Hey, how are you doing today? What is it that you need to work on? You know, like, or things like that. But mm-hmm. it's just like an ongoing thing of being able to always bring them into things that they typically wouldn't be in or, you know. That's right. right. It gets exciting. And and I think that's what how you keep your team. Totally. Totally. And here's our opportunity to run businesses so different than Elon Musk buying Twitter. Right. 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 Where like everyone's getting fired at the drop of a hat with no explanation. And and that's the environment I I grew up in, right? Right. Like, I right. Was in finance, that's what you do, right? Like you don't talk. Yeah. You sit at a meeting, you're not allowed to talk if you're not at the top level and people cursing and yelling and you know, everybody and it's, I just didn't want, I don't want that. I wouldn't want that. No, I don't think anyone want, actually wants that. Yeah. Realistically. That's yeah. True. Yeah. Well, here's our opportunity to switch it up, right? Yep. Go us. Go yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> um, go us. Okay. Well, where can everyone find you, follow you, buy some Tyler skincare for themselves? Give us all the handles and all the, the info. You can find us on tylaskincare.com, T-A-I-L-A, skincare.com. And we're on Tyla Skincare is our handle on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. (laughs) And Pinterest. Check them out on Pinterest. We'll make sure that everything gets linked in the show notes for today's episode. But thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you. Bye, everybody. 
Thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. The Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.